Welcome to The Loop Podcast, where we are transforming education and plastic surgery since 2020. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Loop Podcast. Today's episode is a resident in-service review of abdominal wall reconstruction. This is to supplement the episode by Dr. Abigail Cheffin that is a comprehensive review. This is a breakdown of key points from previous examinations that may help if you're studying for boards or for in-service. This is a pretty short episode, so let's get started. I have here with me Dr. Gabriela Garcia Norez. She is a third-year independent resident here at Emory University, and she is my co-resident. Thank you for participating today in this in-service review. Can you start by telling us a little bit about your background? Yes. Hey, Morgan. How are you? Thanks for having me again. Um, So I am uh, originally from Peru, and I trained, I did general surgery at NYU in New York, and I'm currently finishing my training in plastic surgery at Emory. Next year, I'm going to be doing one year of microsurgery fellowship at uh, Penn. Very excited about that and very excited about being here. All right, great. So let's go ahead and get started with abdominal wall. So first, what are the general surgical considerations? Okay, so one of the most important things in terms of hernia is recurrence rate, right? And we need to know that when you're doing a laparotomy, there's about a recurrence rate of about 30%. So there's a lot of ventral hernias out there, and we will see them all in our practice. Now, there's patient-modifiable risk factors, which should be addressed preoperatively. Morgan, you know what they are? Yes, so the modifiable risk factors are hemoglobin A1c obesity, nutrition, and tobacco. Postoperative outcomes are likely to be optimized if these are all controlled. So why should we use mesh? Because using a mesh reduces hernia recurrence by about 50%. Okay, so tell me about the locations for mesh placement. So let's start with onlay. Onlay is when you do place the mesh anterior to the anterior rectus sheath. Then you have uh, retrorectus placement, which is between the recti and the posterior rectus sheath. Then you can do it pre-peritoneal, which is posterior to the posterior rectus sheath, but anterior to the peritoneum. And then finally, intraperitoneal, which is within the abdomen or behind the peritoneum. So let's move on to reconstruction. What is a component separation? All right. So for component separation, we can have either a posterior approach or an anterior approach. So the posterior component is called the TAR or the transversus abdominis release. Here, we divide the posterior rectus sheath 0.5 centimeters medial to the linea semilunaris and continue laterally in the avascular plane posterior to the transversalis muscle. This avoids the division of the nerves to the rectus and therefore maintains innervation to the abdominal wall. We then perform a retrorectus mesh placement. This is the Reeves-Stopa technique. Retrorectus plus primary fascial closure with component separation, if necessary, has the lowest recurrence rate around 6.2%. So then we have the anterior component. So this is external oblique aponeurotomy. This means you incise the external oblique aponeurosis about two centimeters lateral to the linea semilunaris. Uh, And the key point to know is that the nerves run between the internal oblique and the transversalis muscle. And the length that you can obtain per side is about four centimeters at the xiphoid and the suprapubic area and 10 centimeters at the umbilicus. Okay, Gabby, what is the preferred closure? So preferably, you want the rectus muscle and the fascia to be approximated with or without component separation if needed. 
plus you want mesh to reinforce that closure. But if there's bowel injury or resection, using biologic and biosynthetic meshes is uh, the preferred answer for the purposes of the in-service exam. Okay, so let's talk about mesh. First, synthetic. So we need to know that synthetic mesh has a decreased recurrence rate uh, compared to biologic mesh. Biologic mesh, on the other side, has a higher cost and an increased recurrence rate. But the ventral hernia working group recommends that it's uh, biologic mesh we use in contaminated fields, in infected mesh, in septic dehiscence, or anytime that there's bowel that is injured. So when would you perform a bridge repair? So bridging may be necessary if there's a wide defect such as greater than 20 centimeters at the umbilicus. It is associated with the highest recurrence rate at about 33%. So Gabby, what do we need to know about concomitant paniculectomy? So when you do a paniculectomy in the setting of a hernia repair with mesh, we need to know that it's actually not associated with a higher hernia recurrence rate. It does have a higher incidence of surgical site occurrences, such as infection, skin dehiscence, and seroma. Now, what about patients with stomas, such as colostomies or ileostomies? So they have an increased surgical site occurrence rate, but they actually have no increase in hernia recurrence. Okay, now let's talk about congenital defects in the newborn. What about omphalocils? So omphalocele is basically a midline partial thickness abdominal wall defects that's covered by a membrane of amnion and peritoneum, and it occurs within the umbilical ring and contains abdominal contents. So the way to remember it is to think seal as in sealed. 60% of these are actually associated to genetic syndromes such as trisomy 18, 13, 21, Turner syndrome, triploides. So what about gastroschisis? So this is a full thickness periumbilical abdominal wall defect that is associated with eviscerated bowel. Only 1% have an abnormal karyotype, but both are associated with elevated maternal serum, alpha-fetoprotein, or MSAFP. So both gastroschisis and omphalocele, they both have an elevated maternal serum, alpha-fetoprotein. So Gabby, how are these treated? Well, it's easy. They're both treated with surgical closure. Now, one thing that we need to know is that you have to delay closure after resuscitation. And usually you use a temporary abdominal silo before that, and then you do the, the delayed closure. You need to know that primary closure is associated with higher survival rates if it does not compromise intestinal circulation or respiration in the newborn. But it can also be associated with gut motility impairment, with GERD, so gastroesophageal reflux disease, with ventral hernias, and even with late obstructive episodes. How do you primarily close these, Morgan? So if the defect is less than 5 centimeters, you can repair by performing an anterior component separation. Larger size defects may need advanced procedures such as tissue expansion, tensor fasciolata flap, but once autologous tissue has failed, you can consider using a biologic or prosthetic mesh. Now, let's talk about tumors of the abdominal wall. What is a desmoid tumor? So a desmoid tumor is actually a rare and locally infiltrative mesenchymal neoplasm that they love to ask about in the in-service. And it's most commonly found in adolescents and young adults. The treatment usually is to do a radical resection with white margins, but you can observe the small one. They also have a very high risk of local recurrence. Okay, everyone, that was a really quick and easy review. And that is 
basically what you're going to see on the in-service exam related to abdominal wall reconstruction. Remember, we do have another episode out there with Dr. Abigail Chaffin. You can see right now um, posted, it is a comprehensive review. And again, this is just the quick and dirty of what's on the in-service exam. All right. Thanks, Gabby. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Loop. If you would like to become a part of this production, reach out to us via social media or email us at theloopodcast at gmail.com. Follow us for more educational content, including the recorded episodes with visual supplements. You can find these on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or our website. Just search at The Loop Podcast. Music was created by Dr. Casey Sheck. Production and designed by myself, Greta Davis, and Dr. Casey Sheck. Editing performed by Greta Davis. Content has been referenced from the textbooks Gravin Smith's Plastic Surgery by Kevin Chung, as well as Essentials of Plastic Surgery, edited by Jeffrey Janis. We'll catch you next time on The Loop.